Good morning, Ed. Well, not good morning. Hello and welcome to the Hillcrest Hill. Today is September 3rd, 2016. I am Brad Risto, at Outsider Brad on Twitter. I'm joined by my co-host, the illustrious Metal John. Yes, and I am on Twitter at Metal John Radio. As I have to lower your mic because you are quite loud. I'm hot. Hot today. Hot Mike. Hot Mike. Hot hot today. Hot tomorrow. But it is time for the Hillcrest Duo. I believe we're at episode 42. Sure. 42 is it? We'll say 42. If I'm wrong, I'll maybe edit this out and correct it later. But right now, <laughs> we are on the Hillcrest Duo. We're back. We've had a couple weeks off. We're trying something new this week. We are right now live streaming this. The live stream w- will go up on our Facebook, on our um, uh, Podbean page as well. But right now, it's just um, uh, live on Periscope. You can always join us each and every week, hopefully, as this becomes a re- regular thing. But we have a lot to talk about this week. Um, a lot of nuts and bolts we're going to try and catch up on before we get into our new seasons of our favorite television shows, which are coming up in you know, roughly about a month. Yeah. I mean, the only show that really came back uh, over the last two weeks is Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, still an episode behind on that. I did watch the premiere episode. Just, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where the show's going to go. Yeah. So that's why I'm, I'm watching it. And it's sort of a, a time filler for now. Right. Um, it's a nice time fill, but obviously the big shows coming up will be regular Walking Dead. We have Flash. We have Arrow that we have want to watch. Supergirl now moving to be on the... CW, so that um, can be more crossover. Can we just change it to the DC network? We might as well. I mean, that's the only reason I watch that network at all is for the DC shows. But we um, did a few things since our last episode. We both went to Wizard World in Chicago. You went out to Vegas, and you've seen some good movies. But let's start out with Wizard World Chicago. Yeah. Which overall, and I hate to say this about a comic convention, is a very fun time. But you do not get much bang for your buck. No, it, it's become very expensive to go to Wizard World. Yeah. Um, it, it's like 60 bucks a day. 60 bucks in advance. If you're buying a ticket on site, it is $70 for a single day ticket. And if you want a weekend, it's only about 100 or a little over 100 Yeah, so... If, the if 100 is definitely the better value since you mm-hmm. get to go multiple days. But let's be honest... Wizard World's four days. Saturday, by far, is the day to go. That's yes. when you have the most people, the most cosplays, mm-hmm. the most and the best cosplays, I should say. Yes. You have the best panels. Yep. Um, usually, all of the celebrities yeah. are there that day versus some celebrities that are only there one or two days. Well, right. Saturday's usually one of those two days. And then, of course, there's the off-site um, events that are going on are usually on Saturday because you and I, we went to a screening of Monster Squad, yes. which I saw for my first time, which was a very amusing flick. Oh, we're gonna t- We should talk about that in a we, little bit, we, but we'll go ahead. We'll finish that. Wizard World. But I would say going to Wizard World, going to a comic convention, if you're going to go to Wizard World, pay the 15 bucks to park at the um, uh, parking garage across the street, but don't buy a ticket to go in. Just hang out in the lobby and see all the awesome cosplays because around uh, three o'clock they even have events out there as they will have a DJ and a, a bunch of awesome things going on and just hanging out and uh, hanging out out there is the best part. And I'm not even gonna lie, and maybe I shouldn't say this, but you don't even really need to buy a ticket for Wizard World. Um, at least when I was there and the few times I walked in, I could have easily just walked in without a wristband. Oh, yeah. They're not even looking. And, no, you know, I, I, I jokingly told my friend I was with, I'm like, 
look, I paid $75 for this wristband. You better want to see it. Yeah. And they're not even asking me yeah, for it. They're not gonna, even looking at it. I'm like, look at it. You're gonna look go, at it. Go right up to his face. This is my wristband. <laughs> this gets me in. Look, look at, at it. it. Verify it's there. Yeah. Verify. <laughs> okay, I'm going in. And then you just walk around and... Now, I suppose that's how we can segue because one of the things you did, Metal, was you went specifically to get an autograph. Yeah, I wanted to go see uh, Andre Grauer and Ryan Lambert from the Monster Squad. They played Sean and Rudy, mm-hmm. being a big Monster Squad fan since I was a kid. And even to tell you, here's here's how, here's here's how my Monster Squad love began. Right. The Monster Squad was a movie that I first saw on HBO in the late 80s. Right. And loved it so much. We popped in VHS tape, and we did that old school where you videotaped the movie from HBO oh, I, on a VHS. We had – and you know VHS used to be like six hours long, so you could yes. put like three movies on it. Well, so Monster Squad was on one of those. Well, you could do extended play, long play, and super long play. I, I remember that. And um, I know, know exactly what you're talking about because for Ghostbusters, my favorite movie, the way I got that, completely 80s. ABC Sunday Movie of the Week version. So there were even commercials. I had old school commercials on my first um, edition of Ghostbusters. The bad thing about doing that is trying to pause out the commercials. Well, that's why you just... Or sometimes you need to get a a, a quick beginning of it, and then it cuts back to when the movie's on. Well, usually with the um, ABC Movie of the Week, you could actually get away with that because they had the bumper at the end, and then they had the bumper at the beginning, so you could hit... Oh, good. Play record right at the same time and get to it. So I had I had the, I had it on VHS and had it on that for the longest time. And then during the internet phase of the nineties, the late nineties, did you torrent? No, I bought it on eBay as soon oh. as eBay became a thing. Because see, the movie The Monster Squad had a lot of rights issues. Um, when, when Obviously. buying movies, cause you know, think about back in the eighties, buying movies wasn't popular. Like most people didn't sell movies. You just right. watched movies or you rented movies. You never really went out to a store and bought VHS movies. You right. could, but not many people I mean, did. I had some. And there wasn't, and there wasn't VHS movies for every single movie out there. Only right. a few. Well, the monster squad fell through a lot of rights issues. Nobody owned the rights to it for the longest time. So I bought it on eBay. I bought a VHS copy of it on eBay, but when I got it, it was. It had all the video store stickers on, so it was actually a copy that was owned by a video store. Oh, you mean? Let, do you, do you and think I so? want to say I paid at least thirty dollars for this VHS. So I had this VHS. This VHS copy from the video store was the only copy I had for a good seven or eight years, yeah. and I would only watch it once a year around You'd Halloween. You have to save it because uh, you got to protect its quality. Because you know what? Speaking of um, uh, video store qualities, co- copies, I can uh, fully admit. I have um, rented um, uh, things that were hard to get a hold of and lost it. Oh, yeah. Go the old, say, old losing the video from the video, the video. store. Oh, here's my 20 bucks. And some of, some places started charging 100 bucks because yep. people would lose tapes all the time. Yeah. When I did when I did that, I thought I was being so smart. I'm like, no one else ever would think of this. <laughs> I'm a genius. Oh, everyone does it? Crap. So then uh, finally the rights issues were worked out, and the movie was released on DVD. Uh, they had a collector's edition that came out with commentary Ooh. with some of the cast. So I, I've had that. So I wanted to go. I mean, I love this movie so much. I wanted to go uh, to meet those guys, get them to sign uh, my DVD. Uh, and then 
at the same time as Wizard World, um, that same weekend, and this is, I want to say, the third or fourth year they've done it, Bruce Campbell does what he calls like the Bruce Campbell Horror Movie Fest, mm-hmm. sponsored by AFC. It's at the movie theater right there in Rosemont, yeah. like three blocks from the convention center, mm-hmm. all weekend long, just they did uh, movie premieres. They did throwback movies. And The Monster Squad was one of the movies they decided to show that weekend. Right. So bought tickets for that to go see that Saturday and night. That, you were my date. That was my first time seeing it. And first of all, let me say about that Rosemont yeah. area where you um, uh, walk through the parking structure and come up in this basically park area where there's a bunch of fancy stores. First of all, going to dinner at the Hofbrau House. Very fun. And seeing this movie for the first time, one that I missed out on, I'm kind of glad I did because it – Basically, the best way for me to explain it is Goonies, but with monsters. Yeah. And, and you, they actually do something. Yeah. And uh, at the movie, Fred Decker, the director for the movie, came right. along with the two actors. They did a little uh, intro, and they did a Q&A afterwards. And I never knew this because the Monster Squad has always, even to me and and of most fans have always been compared to the Goonies because it is that kid adventure. Well, it's a kid adventure flick. I mean, that's and, what and, it is. And you know what's funny about this and I know you didn't stay for the Q&A, but well, the guy people next to kept me. people kept throwing out Goonies questions. It's almost like this movie rivals the Goonies. And and Ryan it's, Lambert, the guy, the kid who plays Rudy, he even grabbed the microphone and was like, "All right, I'm putting all this Goonies stuff to rest." He's like, Let's be 100% honest here. The Goonies saved their town. Actually, I don't even know what they saved. What did they save? They got gold. That's they about got it. gold. But what did they save? What did they accomplish? He's like, we, the got... Monster Squad, we saved the world Damn from monsters. Flipping right. Goonies, nothing. Cheap cut rate Monster Squad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure, they came first, whatever. At least the Monster Squad. Save the mother flipping world. So they I mean, are it heroes. Up a good point. But see, the Watcher Squad has been like my—that's been my baby since I was a kid. I right. do like it more than the Goonies. I've loved it more than the Goonies since I was a kid. Um, it's, it's completely got, it's, absurdist. I mean, some parts of it are just completely, completely odd. You got to admit, like a few things about it. even still watching. Here's a movie from the mid '80s. It was filmed at Universal Studios in Hollywood on the back lot, the same set that. Back to the Future used, Gremlins used. You could see a lot of the same sets right. while watching this movie because they're all filmed around the same time, you know, a couple years yeah. apart. Um, but y- one thing you have to admit about this movie is when you think about the makeup, I mean, yeah. Wolfman looks awesome mm-hmm. for being like an 80s low-budget Wolfman in a, in a kid adventure movie. Yes, I did some research. Apparently, the actor who played um, Wolfman and the actor who played um, Dracula – were very, very um, uh, strict about not letting the kids ever see them out of character. So the only time they ever saw them was in character. So they would have 100% real reactions, and one of the best reactions because of this was at the end when Dracula hisses at um, the little girl, 100% real. That ain't acting, brother. Yeah, because they, they, t- they didn't tell her that he was going to have his fangs in. No, just scared. They told that story at the, at the Q&A. Yeah, yeah I, that just completely scared the ever-loving crap out of her. Yeah, and that line, my favorite line in the movie, the line he, give oh, me the end, you let you bitch. I love that line. She's a five-year-old. I know, man. but I love it. He says it right in her face, too. It's so cool. Nobody, <laughs> it's so cool. The things that you like kind of scare <laughs> me, but... 
that was a great kids movie. It had great child actors. And I suppose this is a great segue as we close it out on um, uh, Monster Squad and move into another new series, and that is Stranger Things. It became official this week. Season 2 coming our way next year, 2017. They ain't waiting for nothing. They're going right into it. And I got to say, I can't wait because some of the things that they've speculated and some of the things they've promised – Sound like they're they could be really good because one of the things they promised is it may be a little disappointing to some was it's going to be a bit of a fast forward. Hey, I like that. I read earlier. I, whether I, they're going to follow through, who knows? And I, and I like it. And I would love actually. I was having a roundtable discussion with a group of friends earlier this week about Stranger Things, mm-hmm. and and this was right after they announced the season two. We started talking a little bit about what do you want to see in a season two. Um. If I could put something out there, I would like to see them incorporate a little bit more of the flashbacks. Um, we got to see some of that with Eleven mm-hmm. um, in season one, but I want to see more flashbacks on maybe what's going on, like this facility. Right. How, was this facility something else, and these guys took over? Right. Like I like to see a little bit more. I like the mystery of the show of the whole what if, but mm-hmm. maybe getting a little bit more of the background would be cool. You know what I want to see? More of the upside-down world. I want to see them venture into that more and see uh, explore that some more. And obviously, the biggest thing most people want to see is, one, 11 again, and two, what the hell is going on with Will? Since, you know, he coughed he, up... He coughed up a worm or whatever. He coughed up black stuff, and then he got trans- looked like he got transported. So what the hell is going on with that poor kid? Is he becoming the monster from the upside-down? I like, don't is know. Is he morphing into one of those? Who knows? it? I mean, it could suck if that's what's happening, but, you know, these, um, because uh, the D- Druffer brothers, they aren't kind about what they do to their, um, uh, kid stars. Yeah, I, one thing I will say, I hope they're not rushing into this season. Right. I hope these guys have already kind of planned what would happen mm-hmm. in a second season. Because we see this a lot of times, especially with, like, first-time filmmakers, first-time writers. Right. Everything that they do that's awesome is their first thing because they've put their heart and soul into it. And then it's like, oh, well, you did such a great job of that. We want something right now for tomorrow. Well, more more importantly – It took me five years to work on that. Now you want me to come up with something in six months? Well, more importantly, I mean, with movies, with television series, sometimes they just conceived – their conception was one story, one strike, and that's it. And when you ask them to do more – that's when things start to fall apart because they weren't considering that the story was going to continue past what they told in their original. And that's another issue that could come with you. I'm hoping they have enough ideas to move it forward. Yeah, and that's a good segue because I wanted to – I'm glad you brought up that whole moving the story forward because the show on HBO, a show that a lot of people are talking about now, it took it took probably a good six weeks for it to pick up. But The Night Of on HBO. Yeah, I'm going to start picking that one up. Which is, it's a one-and-done show. It's one season, and that's it. Yeah, like True Detective. Remember how great the first season of True Detective was, and then True Detective Season 2, and... Yeah. Well, well, Season 1 of True Detective was one story. Season yes. 2 is a completely different story. The Night Of is a crime drama, one season, one-and-done, and, and just a show that just really kind of keeps you... On the edge of your seat, wondering what's going on, and, and the writers kind of play games with you because mm-hmm. obviously a show like this with the murder mystery, 
you know, we've seen enough murder mystery shows and, and movies and stuff that your mind's always thinking, well, what if it's that person? What if it's that person? What if it's oh, yeah. that person? That and this awesome. show really kind of pulls you in that way because it makes you think, well, this is the main character. Why would it be this person? Right. Maybe they don't want me to think it's this person on purpose. But then they introduce other, oh, maybe it's that person. Oh, maybe it's that person. Oh, maybe it's that one. All right, I don't know who I want to think it is now. And they really kind of keep you guessing. And then you start learning more about the characters and their backgrounds. And you're like, oh, he did that when he was I, a kid? I love I mean, there's, stories there's, like that where they I just mean, this keep just, you guessing. When Law and Order was on and it's prime, they did that better than this, and no other show. This is a rated R Law and Order. Oh. It's a rated R Law and Order with a little bit of that CSI, and maybe you know, I'd even throw in a little like making a murderer type of Ooh. type of thing. Um, I and, and what it done, but I'll tell you that season finale, the it's an hour and forty five minute episode, is so mind blowing, and and the way things play, even once you once you kind of figure out where the show's going, you're like, oh, this is gonna happen. How's everybody gonna react? They just they just throw something else at you. It's, it's so badass. Okay. And and the show wraps up and, and it ends and you're like, man, I want more. But they were clear when this came out. This is a one and done. This one is one story. One and done. That's it. And I'm thinking that the demand on this is going to be for them to give us another story. But if they do, they have to stick with these same characters. They have to, they have to continue these characters. You can't just write a brand new script you can't and because it'll, it, it won't even compete with it. It won't even touch this. I don't think you could write a better crime drama than this. Best show on TV. I mean, Stranger Things is like my favorite show of like the year, but this was like the best televised series. Right. Uh, hands down. Uh, great show. Binge watch it. You know, it's only like eight episodes. They're all done already. Oh, good. So, I can, uh, I can, just I stay can away from the spoilers and, and go out and, and watch it. You'll love it. I'll crank it. it out in a weekend. Um, one more thing I suppose we should talk about was the fact that um, uh, uh, we can do a quick, a couple quick hits. You've been watching Mr. Robot. I kind of fell out of love with that show. Once again, kind of cementing that idea is maybe you only have one season worth of stories, in my view, but you're kind of liking the well, way the, they challenge um, uh, shows are presented yeah well i mean in season one it was more about season one was more focused on the mission of bringing e-corp down and 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 exposing people and this is more of the repercussions of the results of season one and they really took this season to a different level where now it's becoming that whole fight club psychological like warfare in elliot's head and and then you're still seeing our characters and our friends from season one mm -hmm. in their current lives. But it's just the story. I feel like it's just more about telling character stories and not necessarily there's no big end plot. Like like season one, the plot was bring down E-Corp, hack in, expose right. this information. And it was just getting to that point. Season two doesn't feel like there's a, a point they're trying to get to. It's just they're just going with the flow. But at the same time, you're learning more and more about these characters. And it really, really sometimes gets hard to, like, stay focused. The story – my problem is the story isn't coherent and you can't really follow it. That is my problem with it. And, and I, a lot of people feel that way. I mean, think about, like, the movie Pie or like, Requiem yeah. for a Dream. Oh, that's geez. that's where, like, season two of Mr. Robot is going. Okay. As we are going to close out the show here, we talked about the DC Network, the CW – um, first pictures of Tyler Hoechlin as Superman have come out. 
And he doesn't I, look too bad. He doesn't look too bad, and I'm hoping that they can have a good season too. As there are the pictures. See, that's him and Supergirl. I'm. I mean. I mean. I'm looking forward to this. It's a month away. I can't wait because obviously one of our biggest knocks against Supergirl was the creative ways they wrote Superman. Why he couldn't be there to help save the day until they finally just were given the permission. Fine, go ahead with Superman. Yeah. Any well, uh, any closing thoughts there, Metal? I'm excited to see how this is going to play out in CW. I think it's the best move for Supergirl because I, oh. I liked first season, thought it was great. This is the best move. This is taking the show to the next level mm-hmm. by putting it on CW. I mean, obviously, the one small downside is they're going to have a little bit less money, a little less production budget. But I'm hoping that it being able to cross over with every other show on the CW will help it out. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, I want to thank everyone for listening. We will be back next week. We will be live streaming next week as well. I am Outsider Brad, Brad, at Outsider Brad on Twitter, Brad Risto. He is Metal John. I'm at Metal John Radio on Twitter. Thank you for joining us. We will be back next week with more of the Hillcrest Duo. Missed.